Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my wonderful co-host, Gina Warfel, with me. Welcome, Gina. Hey. And this is the first episode that we are starting back with since I... I left with that episode with Ryan, where we were just about to get married. We were talking about holding space for mourning and how people can move through that. And I got a lot of really great feedback from that episode, you guys. So thank you so much. We have since gotten married. <laughs> I am now Johnny Grover. I need to. Ch- I, I, I know. I, I need to change the intro to the podcast to say Johnny Grover now instead of Johnny Grony. So like, right. <laughs> Is it okay if I share a little bit of the wedding because it was just oh, so. Yeah magical for everyone tuning in like our episode today we're talking about digestive dysfunction and why you can't afford to not become a gut expert because our lifestyles just the foods that we're exposed to the environments that we're exposed to I mean the culture that we're exposed to doesn't allow us to be ignorant anymore. Nine out of 10 people have digestive issues. Nine out of 10. Like that's insane. Colon cancer is the fourth most prevalent cancer in America. And in the next decade, it's going to become the number one. And so there is clearly trending more and more digestive chaos in our society and our world. And what's sad or not sad is this is actually great news is when you understand digestive dysfunction, you understand how easy it is to fix, right? And so Mm. everyone, if you are a human in America or even in the world, the chances of you having digestive issues are like 90%, right? So become empowered with tools to overcome them, to realize, oh my gosh, this is what's happening in my body. And here are the simple steps I can take for the next few months to rectify it so that I am setting myself up for thriving and for healing, right? Because you guys, the gut is the root system to the tree, to your body, right? If the roots of a tree are dying, are decaying, are, I'm going to use the word inflamed, but if the roots to a tree are rotting, the tree dies. And so if your gut is inflamed, if your gut is not functioning, if your gut is imbalanced, the rest of your body is going to be sick, right? Like you have to, have to, have to have a healthy gut to have a healthy body. You can't skip this step, right? And so if you have autoimmune disease, if you have any kind of food sensitivity or food allergy, if you have skin issues, if you have nail or hormone issues or hair issues, like you have a gut issue. And so your gut is something that you want to fix immediately. So anyways, that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I want to share a story before we go into our episode. Gina, you were there at the wedding and it was like, it was so magical. We stayed on our houseboat in Lake Powell and we wanted to get married on the summer solstice because that felt very symbolic to me, right? Like the longest day of the year, this is a new chapter of my life and I want it to be the happy days. I don't want it to be heavy. And I married Tristan in the winter, like one of the the shortest days of the year, December 28th. Right. And winter solstice, I think is like December 22nd. So it was 
one of the shortest days. And so I was like, okay, this has to be the complete opposite. My life is completely changing. We were in Lake Powell and it was about five o'clock on Wednesday, the 21st. And we're like, let's go scout out an area. Right. And we scout the most five five o'clock, 5 PM. Yeah. Before the wedding starts (laughs) and you didn't have the spot where you were getting married yet. You're like, I should probably figure out where I'm getting married and then put some on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was really like, but everything was just in flow and we were all just having a good time. People were out boating. People were swimming on the back. Like it was just a fun, slow day. Then we're like, yeah, let's go find a spot now. It was the most laid back wedding ever. So we find this gorgeous, like gorgeous place with massive rocks and it felt like an amphitheater. And we're like, this is the place. So we pick up everyone, get dressed and we scout out to this place and we're getting set up you guys. And the sun is setting. It's beautiful. Like there were hardly any clouds in the sky. It was just amazing. And all of a sudden my sister-in-law, Megan is like, oh my gosh, there's a rainbow. And everyone turns and there's a rainbow. Like there was no rain, you guys. There was no rain whatsoever. And if anybody knows anything about my story or about Tristan and my late husband and how he died from cancer two years ago, or if you follow me on Instagram, he shows himself in rainbows and like we're surrounded by rainbows all the time. And I wasn't expecting to see a rainbow, especially right before our wedding ceremony, because I'm like, this is like pal. It hasn't been raining. Like there's, there's just no way I had no expectation. And so I see this rainbow and I just start bawling because you could just feel him there. You know, he was like, and it was so beautiful too because it wasn't like a big arching rainbow it was just a small sliver of a rainbow and it just kind of came and went and to me what that felt like was like I want you to know I'm here but this isn't about me it's about you it's about your family it's about your new family and even though he's still part of the family he wanted it to be about us right and so he was just kind of saying, I've entered, I'm here and I'm watching and I'm happy, you know, and it was so beautiful. It was such an amazing moment. And so the sun's setting, the ceremony's over. It was a beautiful ceremony. We used the vows from Neil Donald Walsh's Conversations with God, book three. And there, if you just look them up, they are stunning. Like they're so moving. And uh, so we did the the exchange of roses vows ceremony. And then uh, Ryan and his brother, they surfed on behind, behind our ski boats. They surfed back to the houseboat. And at this time, like the stars were out, the moon was out. There was a little bit of light left and it was just, it was so fun. It was so magical. But this is the really crazy part because I'm posting little snippets here and there on Instagram and a friend of mine messages me, Gina, did I tell you the story? Have I, I told know. you this yet? Tell the story. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this is the weirdest part too. So I'm posting like the rainbow and I'm posting the men surfing behind the boats and just, you know, like all these little things. And my friend is like, oh my gosh, Janique, do you remember the dream I had of you a year and a half ago? And she screenshots the dream that she had. And you guys it blew my mind because she had this dream back in January of 2022. So a year and a half ago where I was, you know, Tristan had been dead for like five months. Ryan and I were just barely dating. I was like, you just have to hear it. So in her dream, she says, Janika had a dream about you last night and we were by an ocean somewhere. Like it looked like there were waves and she, and she said, and the sun was setting and it was kind of dark, but out of nowhere, a rainbow just comes 
and it shows itself. And then as quickly as it came, it disappeared. And you and I were like, oh my gosh, it's Tristan. He's here. He's here. And all of a sudden it comes back and it's like a parachute and it covers us. Right. And she said, you were so happy and you were dancing and you were in this beautiful sparkling dress and you were pregnant. <laughs> She's like, oh and you were gosh. pregnant and everyone kept asking about the rainbow. They're like, tell us about the rainbow. Tell us about the rainbow. All these reporters. And she's like, and you were just dancing all pregnant and happy. And she's, and so she's, after she sent that screenshot, she's like, this was your wedding day. She's like the lighting, the way the rainbow came. She's like, it all looks the same. The surfing pictures with the waves. And she's like, it wasn't an ocean. It was a lake (laughs) that she was seeing. Isn't that wild? wow that sounds exactly like what happened it It, was the most magical thing right and and she said I was so happy and you guys I was I've been so happy like it just my heart has been so full and to see Tristan come and go and still be a part of our lives but be happy for us it's just been amazing so I wanted to share that story because I thought it was cool you can feel it so much you can still you can really feel so much that he's still here and, and just like you said he's like hey still here just letting you know <laughs> right like happy our, that you're happy now our our loved ones aren't far you know what I mean they're yeah. not they're not far from us they're still a part of us they're still a part of our lives and you know we just have to try and tap into their frequency and their language of how they're trying to communicate. But I think they are, they're always trying to communicate and let us know that they love us and that they're, they want us to thrive and succeed and be happy. So anyways, digestion. Mm -hmm. All right. So so this is going to be kind of like a digestion 101, like learning how to identify digestive dysfunction because the majority of people are probably walking around with these beginning stages of digestive dysfunction and they think it's normal. Pretend that digestive dis-ease is a scale of one to 10, all right? And so zero is you have no digestive issues, 10 is you have ulcerative colitis, IBS, IBD, severe digestive issues, cancer, right? Like beyond 10 would be some kind of stomach or colon or rectal cancer, right? And so I kind of want to teach you guys the first few warning signs. So on that scale of one to 10, one, two, and three, and four, what are those signs? When people start to have digestive issues, the ones, twos, and threes would be heartburn, bloat and gassiness, indigestion. What else, Gina? What are some other beginning signs? Well, what's really interesting is sometimes these signs we don't even really see as like the the bloating and the gas and the gut stuff. Sometimes it's just like, oh, I have a rash on my skin, yes. or like a little on my skin or eczema. Oh, Things that we don't we don't expect, like, oh, my hormones are imbalanced. I remember that I did a gut test and my my naturopath said, You have leaky gut. And I was like, What? Mm-hmm. I don't I couldn't ha- possibly have leaky gut because I didn't really have gut issues, but I did have like a little bit of a skin rash and I was working on rebalancing my hormones and I wasn't sure if I had food sensitivities or not, but I, I was so blown away. I was like, there's no way that I could have that I need gut healing because I'm relatively healthy. But then when I really started to think back of like, well, I have had years of stress. I have at some point in my life had antibiotics. I have, I was on birth control for many years. I have had times of eating processed foods and over the years, even though I don't have direct gut issues, 
I might actually need some gut healing. So sometimes those red flags might even be things that we don't expect, like brittle, weak nails that we're not digesting and absorbing our nutrients uh, very Mm -hmm. well. It's interesting because every time I see like a kid with skin issues, eczema, it takes every part of me to not talk to their parent about food sensitivities and gut issues. Do you know what I mean? Any kind of skin disorder like eczema, psoriasis, vitiligo, this is all like gut issues. I love that you brought that up. Brittle hair, skin, nails, like these are all beginning. These are on that scale one. Brain fog, anxiety, and depression. I can't tell you when you have a disrupted microbiome, you're not producing enough serotonin and dopamine to help with proper brain balancing and function. And so things like that could really, really be a beginning sign, not even a beginning sign. This is like the fours, the fours now on that scale. I would say the ones and the twos are heartburn, bloat, gassiness, right? Indigestion, food just kind of sitting in your stomach. Those are the very beginning signs. Then we have the eczema, the psoriasis, the skin disorders, the nails that are brittle. You don't heal very quickly. Anxiety, depression, we're a little bit further up on the scale there, right? Well, and some people might be even confused. Like, what do you mean? What is the link between my gut issues and skin issues or my gut issues and my anxiety? Do you want to explain that a little bit more? A million percent. So how someone explained it to me is your skin is a mirror of your microbiome, right? And so I can see when my kids break out in rashes or even when Ryan starts getting eczema, I'm like, it's funny. I do this inventory where I subconsciously count how much sugar they eat throughout the day. And I can see like when they're going to start complaining about gut issues or when Ryan starts breaking out in eczema. I'm like, oh, honey, you've been drinking a lot of Starbucks lattes lately, <laughs> which are basically like ice cream. He gets the Frappuccinos and it, I die a little inside, but I'm trying not to parent him. <laughs> Uh, So when he breaks out or when they break out, it's because there is disruption in their microbiome, which is creating inflammation in their body. And the reason why this is, is because I love the saying, what you feed breeds. All right. So we have good bacteria and we have bad bacteria. And if you don't know this, and the majority of you probably do know this, 70 to 80% of your immune system and your immune function is your microbiome. So you want to make sure that that 70% is solid, that it's healthy, that you have good bacteria outweighing the bad bacteria and you have good bacteria kind of being the king of the castle. It's the most, they're the more dominant species keeping the bad guys at bay. Think of it like the game cops and robbers. You want more cops to robbers ratio, right? If you have more robbers to cops, like they're just overthrowing the city and they're causing mayhem. And so we don't want that because these bacteria, what they do is they not only produce things like short chain fatty acids, which help to heal and repair your gut and help to decrease inflammation, but they create chemicals through a means of chemotaxis that actually signals other cells like your white blood cells to act intelligently, to start fighting off viruses, to start fighting off infections, right? So they create keys that turn on other cells. Same thing with bad bacteria. Now, bad bacteria, it loves sugar. It loves processed food. It loves toxins. It loves yeast. It loves chemicals. So what you feed breeds. So when you feed the bad bacteria, all those things, they're growing, they're proliferating, and they're becoming stronger than the good bacteria. And so now they're sending out chemicals to all the cells, like white blood cells, like to have these inflammatory cascades, right? And then when they grow and proliferate, they release something called lipopolysaccharides. 
and lipopolysaccharides are highly inflammatory chemicals in the body that can cross through if you have leaky gut, for instance. So if you eat a lot of inflammatory food and you feed bad bacteria, eventually your gut lining will wear down, become inflamed, and then it'll allow those lipopolysaccharides, those inflammatory chemicals to go into the bloodstream and create an immune reaction, right? And so now your immune system is getting really ticked off and really aggravated by this robust release of lipopolysaccharides through your gut lining. And so what happens is this inflammatory cascade and lipopolysaccharides can go anywhere in the body. It can cross the blood brain barrier, causing neurological problems like anxiety, depression, brain inflammation, brain fog. It can cause joint issues. You can have inflammation in your joints. You can have inflammation in your muscles. You can have inflammation in your arteries. There's no place that is safe from this inflammatory cascade, none whatsoever right? And so that is why your microbiome is 70 to 80% of your immune system. And so now when you have this robust amount of lipopolysaccharides, bad bacteria, and this inflammatory cascade in your body, what happens is this inflammatory cascade becomes overwhelming for the body over a long period of time. And then your immune system, all of a sudden, instead of it being intelligent, it becomes dysregulated. And now not only is it trying to fight off bad things, but it starts to attack your own cells and it starts to attack anything and it starts to be reacted or provoked by anything like a food. So let's say you used to be able to eat mangoes and now all of a sudden Every time you eat mangoes, you break out in a rash or every time you eat oranges, you now have like sores on your mouth or your tongue. Or when you go outside, your eyes now get puffy and itchy and you start sneezing, right? That's because you've had this overwhelm of inflammation and immune dysregulation. And now your, your immune system is hypersensitive and not as intelligent as it used to be. All right. It's dysregulated. I like to call it the drunk conductor, right? Like at a symphony, when you go to symphony and you have a drunk conductor conducting the symphony, the symphony is not playing good music anymore. It's playing bad music. You have a drunk conductor in your immune system and the immune system isn't being intelligent. It's not playing good music for you anymore. It's playing bad music, which is resulting in inflammation anywhere in your body. All right. Questions so far, Gina, how are we doing? Is all this making sense? Yeah, you're doing great. I think it brings it all back full circle to if you have any kind of immune or autoimmunity issues, it starts in the gut. And I think about how many people go to their doctor with low thyroid hormones, but it's really Hashimoto's, which is immune. And their doctor is only giving them thyroid hormones Mm -hmm. and not addressing the root of like, wait a minute, but why is the immune system dysregulated and reacting to the thyroid? So it's kind of like putting a bandaid on a bullet wound, right? It's like Mm -hmm. not getting down to the core, but resolving those immune issues or actually making progress with health and healing is like, it starts in the gut. And so that connects everything together with really any, any inflammation, autoimmunity, it 
starts in the gut. You know, doctors aren't trained to understand that there's a domino effect with everything in the body. The body doesn't just break down, right? There's always something that leads to it breaking down. There's something provoking this cascade happening. You don't just wake up with a thyroid, an autoimmune thyroid disorder, which is interesting because the antibodies that attack the thyroid actually also attack the brain cells, the nerve cells. And so if you have a thyroid disorder, you want to be very careful for your brain health and you want it because you might start actually having thyroid autoimmunity now, but 10, 20, 30 years later, you're going to start getting neurological inflammation. Like it will start with forgetfulness and it could manifest as something like MS or Parkinson's or dementia. Right. And so this is an, an autoimmune dysfunction that started in the gut first started attacking the thyroid and is also attacking your brain, but you're not getting the symptoms of it yet. So when your doctor diagnoses you 30 years later and is like, oh, you have MS, MS didn't start then. It started 30 years earlier and it started from your gut. Right. Right. So that's why it's so important to understand the evolution of disease and disease and to understand those baby like one, two, three, four, right? We kind of spoke about the microbiome, which is like a four or five, six dysfunction. But really the first few signs and symptoms of digestive dysfunction is bloat, gassiness, indigestion. You know, so many people are like, I'm bloated and gassy all the time. I have heartburn and I just take a PPI for it. No, 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 no. This is a sign and symptom. Constipated. Or I'm a little bit constipated or I have diarrhea, right? And it just comes and goes, right? These are early signs of digestive dysfunction. Something is wrong. Something is breaking down in the mechanism of digestion and you need to go back and fix it. You need to understand what's going on. And so let's talk about why we get these beginning symptoms, right? In order to understand bloat and gassiness, you have to understand heartburn and hydrochloric acid of the gut. I'm trying to think if we have time to go into it. We have to go into it. (laughs) Okay. Oftentimes. So what happens is people will have heartburn, right? And they'll go to their doctor and they say, I have heartburn. And the doctor's like, oh, here's a PPI to inhibit your gut's ability to produce hydrochloric acid. Uh, because because they think and mainstream medical model thinks that heartburn is an overproduction of hydrochloric acid, but that's actually it's actually the opposite. About two to three percent of people very actually, rarely, very rarely does someone have an overproduction of hydrochloric acid. It's about two to three percent of people diagnosed I think with you have heartburn. To have a tumor, right? I think that happens if you have like a, a tumor that's stimulating and overproduction. I could be, that's, could be wrong. That's one, one of the reasons. Me. There is like a very rare case every now and then where someone is producing it. And I think it's like a genetic thing. I don't know, but I do know that that number is very low. So very rare. it's very rare. Now I want you guys to understand this. Hydrochloric acid is the holy grail to digestion. And so you're wondering, well, if it's giving me heartburn, how is it the holy grail? I need you to listen because this is very important. So a healthy human will eat, who hasn't got heartburn, will see a meal, eat a meal, and it will go into their stomach and they will have this robust release of hydrochloric acid in their stomach that helps to emulsify this meal, break down the proteins, help with the absorption of B vitamins. This production of hydrochloric acid triggers so many things. It triggers the pancreas to start producing enzymes to further break down the food that they've just eaten. But it also triggers a little valve 
in your esophagus called the lower esophageal sphincter, right? And this sphincter stops food and hydrochloric acid from coming out of the stomach and into the esophagus. So when you eat a meal and you have a lot of hydrochloric acid production, you have all of these signals going off. That lower esophageal sphincter is closing, so you don't have this regurgitation of hydrochloric acid in food. Your pancreas and your gallbladder are being signaled to release. Well, first, what's actually happening is it's releasing cholecystokinin and secretin, which is signaling the gallbladder and the pancreas to produce bile and to produce digestive enzymes. Those are the first few domino effects. So a lot of really good things are happening. Food's digesting and food is and other places of the body are being signaled to help further digest the food. All good things, wouldn't we agree? So what happens when you have heartburn is you actually have an underproduction of hydrochloric acid. So when you eat a meal, you have maybe, let's say, we'll say, we'll give a number. You have 50% of hydrochloric acid production. You need 100% to signal the gallbladder and the pancreas and the LES to fully do their jobs, right? But you only have 50%. So now that LES, that lower esophageal sphincter actually stays open, right? And now your pancreas and your gallbladder are only signaled 50% to release enzymes, not the 100% that is necessary in order to properly break down your food. But not only that, hydrochloric acid, it's the same acidity as like battery acid. It is so important to break up protein molecules, right? Protein is extremely hard to digest. You guys, it's a very hearty, it's a hearty food and it's a hearty molecule. And so it requires a lot of highly acidic things like hydrochloric acid to break up its bonds for you to absorb protein. So when you don't have hydrochloric acid, you're not breaking down your protein. You're not signaling that LES to close. You're not signaling the gallbladder and the pancreas. So you're partially digesting food. And now that partially digested food is going up your esophagus, causing heartburn. So now you go to your doctor and they give you a PPI, which takes your 50% hydrochloric acid production down to zero. Now, what happens when we have zero? right? We have no signaling. We have very little digesting happening. We have a lot of dysfunction, a lot of breakdown. This domino effect has been hindered and now it's going to cause issues. And those issues are when someone eats a meal with low hydrochloric acid content, it feels like it just sits in their stomach and it doesn't move. How many people have that feeling where they're like, I eat a meal, but it just, I feel heavy. And because I feel heavy, I need to go take a nap. Burping. Right? Or I'm burping a lot, right? Like not normal. That, that's not normal. That burping is because of that low hydrochloric acid content. It's not emulsifying your food. Guess what your food's doing? It's rotting. It's actually rotting now. And so it's creating gases and you're burping, right? And so eventually your food moves on, right? It has to, right? The muscles will contract, but they're not being signaled to contract fast because you don't have digestion happening efficiently, right? So your food now moves through sluggishly. And now your gallbladder hasn't been fully signaled to release all that bile and your pancreas hasn't been signaled by secretin to produce a robust amount of enzymes that further break down your food. So now this partially digested food keeps moving on and it's not getting more digested. And now it hits your small intestine and it starts to rot and ferment. 
And guess what loves rotting and fermenting food? Bad bacteria. Bad bacteria. (laughs) Exactly. So now bad bacteria is having a heyday and they're eating all this food and they are pooping out amazing things that help them, but not you. And now you're bloated and now you're gassy because bad bacteria is releasing all these gases that they just love. And you have rotting food in your stomach to add to that as well. And so now we're feeding bad bacteria which is overthrowing good bacteria. We're causing more immune dysregulation. And guess what? You can't absorb nutrients from partially digested food. It's not going to happen. Instead of having 100% absorption rate from well-digested food, you probably have 20 to 50%. So that's kind of like saying, hey, you did one month's worth of work. Your paycheck that's normally $5,000 a month, we're only going to give you 2,500. Are you okay with that? Right. How many people would be like, I would be broke by the end of the year. If you did that to me, right. You would go bankrupt. (laughs) You would have to borrow money from someone. This is the exact same thing that is happening with your body. Your body requires nutrients in order to heal and repair itself in order for it to pay its biological bills. You have bills you need to pay in your body guys. And you pay those bills by absorbing the nutrients from your meals. But if you're not absorbing those nutrients and you're just pooping it out and you're feeding bad bacteria, you're getting half of your paycheck. Plus you're paying a lot of money and damages. So you're like net negative, right? That teeny tiny paycheck, that half a paycheck that you're getting, most of that is going to damage control, right? Because now you have all this bad bacteria proliferating, creating inflammation, and now your body has to do damage control. And it's like, oh, great. We're having inflammatory cascades. that's causing damage in the body. Let's try and go and fix that. And you only have so much resources for so long before it becomes extremely detrimental. And then we go on to credit cards, which accrue interest, right? And that's a very, very bad thing. And then you just get sicker and sicker because you're borrowing, you're robbing from Peter to pay Paul in your body. And like the debt collector always comes back for its own. And that ends up as like full-blown diseases, right? So I kind of went from like zero to a hundred on that analogy, but hopefully (laughs) you guys are picking up what I'm putting down. So this is why the root system, your digestion, that's why your digestion is the root system, right? It is where the money happens. (laughs) It's where you absorb the money to heal your body. And so you have to digest well. You have to learn how to become a good digester. And if this mechanism breaks down, you have to learn how to fix it because doctors are not going to do it for you. They're just going to give you PPIs. Now, let's say you're on a PPI you're like, oh, my PPI is fun. It's easy. Like, I don't care about indigestion. I don't care about bloating. You you should care. You should care. And here is why. So if you actually read the insert of the PPI medication, it says there for short-term use only. That's about two weeks. All right. If your doctor puts you on a PPI, they are supposed to screen you for stomach or esophageal cancer after five years of being on this PPI. Does that sound appealing to anyone? People have been just given these PPIs and left on it for like 10 years. 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 And so they should probably go and get a scope done. If you have been on it for years, I think I, now someone correct me if I'm wrong, but if you have been on it for more than five years and your doctor hasn't screened you for stomach or for any kind of ulcer or like a cancer, 
and you then hear this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, I should go get screened. And you ask your doctor to get screened and you see something down there. You can sue your doctor for negligence because this is normal protocol. It's normal. They are supposed to screen you, right? That's how detrimental this is. That's how cattywampus PPIs are to your body. That's how much it upsets the system. And that's how important hydrochloric acid actually is. And when you upset this delicate digestive system, you upset the whole system. You've upset everything. Because here's another thing. I love hydrochloric acid, you guys. It is just... It really is. It's like the Holy Grail. We should pray to it every day. It's so great. But this is what hydrochloric acid does. Create an altar. This is another thing hydrochloric acid does. Remember I said it's the acidity of battery acid, correct? Well, when it is that acidic, it also keeps out bad bacteria, right? It's like, think of it like the bouncer to the nightclub. It keeps out the bad dudes. So when we are breathing and speaking and doing all the things, right? We are exposed to all kinds of pathogens in the air around us. And it goes through your nasal passage and your mouth down your esophagus through mucus and into your stomach. And so you're inhaling and breathing in all kinds of bad things, thousands, hundreds of thousands of molecules of bad stuff every day. And your stomach acid is the bouncer and it just emulsifies the crap out of that, right? Because it's battery acid, nothing, hardly anything can survive in battery acid. Right. And so defense right there. It's your first line of defense. It really is. But if you get rid of that really big badass bouncer, you're in trouble because there's nothing else that is as powerful as that hydrochloric acid. There's nothing. Nothing. Right? You have your innate immune system. You have good bacteria. However, let's say it bypasses the bouncer of the nightclub, that hydrochloric acid, and goes on it into your small intestine. I hope you have good bacteria down there. I hope you have more good bacteria than bad bacteria down there running the show, right? Because then that second line of defense will jump to it and it'll be like, oh, you're not meant to be here. And we'll start attacking it and we'll start signaling your white blood cells to be like, hey, look out for these dudes. They're down here. Make sure they don't get through, right? However, if you don't have the good bacteria sending those molecules and you've been feeding bad bacteria, partially rotting food, inflammatory food, sugary food, those guys are going to be like, hey, come join the party. It's a frat party down here. There's booze for everyone. And don't clean up after yourselves. We don't even use a urinal. You just pee on the floor. Those (laughs) are the kind of tenants that are the bad bacteria in your gut and you don't want them there, right? So that's why it's so important to understand why do we produce less hydrochloric acid? How do we fix this problem? How do I wean off of my PPI? Can we also just disclaimer? Yes. Can we also just disclaimer real quick that we do understand that some people are on PPIs and have for a long time. And we are not suggesting that you stop taking do not. PPI you can't. over time. It can be risky and detrimental. If it's something that you decide to work off of the PPI, it is something that you have to do. You have to do it with the doctor. Time, gradually with a doctor, with the right healing. And mm-hmm. so we are not recommending that you stop taking a PPI or if your doctor recommended it, that you don't take a PPI. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for that disclaimer. You can't just come off your PPI, it's guys. It's a really important one. Right. And I'm not just saying that just to protect our butts. I'm actually saying that because it is it is really true. And um, so it's important to be knowledgeable about how the medications work, but also not to just, you know, stop taking something because mm-hmm. there can be consequences for abruptly. 
not it, taking it. Because think of it this way, you have these reservoirs of hydrochloric acid being ready to be produced and the PPI is inhibiting it. As soon as you stop it, you're going to have this like, it, it's kind of like a flash flood of hydrochloric acid. So there's a very delicate way to actually wean yourself off and potentially use other medications to do it temporarily. And so you have to work with a doctor. And what's so great is I'm going to have Jared explain to us how to do that. So obviously you have to work Ooh, with it. I know, I, hear I, about that. I know, I know. I can't wait to hear it too. Cause he's like, Oh yeah, I do yeah. this all the time. He helps people all the time. I love the other thing too that I I love that you actually taught me this. I hadn't heard this, but you can actually, aside from like your signs and symptoms and clues, you can actually do some little at home tests that yes. are not, they're not lab tests. They don't cost any money. You can just do little experiments to get an idea of like, oh, am I low in hydrochloric acid? Mm-hmm. So I I love that you taught me uh, those kind of things that people that you have people regularly do now. Just hey, check at home, see how you're doing, see if you have enough. Hydrochloric, hydrochloric acid. acid. Yeah. You, you know, can diagnostic, but it gives you a really good idea. It's a really great test to see if you are, it's like a little science experiment, right? Because yeah. you mix baking soda with water and you drink it and it creates a chemical reaction that creates CO2 gas. And so if you have enough hydrochloric acid to mix with that baking soda, it creates bubbles and you start burping. So you're like, oh, I have enough hydrochloric acid. Eight out of 10, I would say eight or nine out of 10 people fail the baking soda test. And so, which is so evident to me that eight to nine out of 10 people, 80 to 90% of people are not producing enough hydrochloric acid. Do you want to share why maybe like what are some of the common reasons why so, people are not? So we go into that with the digestion restoration course. Oh, I, I didn't even tell this to listeners in the beginning. I am releasing my last year of the digestion restoration course. I kind of modify it every year and improve it. So you guys, if you want to join the digestion restoration course and learn all of these things, learn how to be a gut healing expert. So signups end on the 23rd for the digestion restoration course. And then we start class on the 25th and the 27th. And then also the 1st of August and the 3rd of August. And you don't have to watch the classes live. You can always go back and watch the replay and you have access to these classes. I want you to watch them over and over and over again for like a year. If you want to sign up for the digestion restoration course and become an expert and learn all of these things, you can use the discount code. It's Gutsy podcast. The code is Gutsy podcast and you will get $50 off of the course. And it's even though there's four classes taught live, there's two classes. There's my parasite class as well as the microbiome class that you can start watching immediately. But you get meal plans, you get at home tests that you can do to see which protocols are right for you and which ones that you should start. And we teach you all of this stuff like Yes, I'm teaching you the beginning issues of breaking down, but in this course, you learn above and beyond as well as supplements and foods and all the things, all the tools that you need to start your healing journey. If you have IBS or IBD, you still need to learn this, right? Like, because this is the beginning of like course correcting all the stuff that went wrong in the beginning, right? And so this is going to be the last year I teach it live because I am going to be a mom of four soon. I want to, and I want to be home with my babies. So join the class tests at home that you can do like the baking soda tests and other things are all these things that we include in the digestion restoration course. Oh, your question was, why do we have low hydrochloric acid? Well, a lot of the time it's actually nervous system dysregulation. It's stress, it's cortisol. And we will talk about in the class signaling from the brain to the gut and how that 
is that's actually the whole of class one, but it's so important that we regulate our nervous systems and get out of sympathetic dominance in order to heal our gut. However, that could take weeks to months to do that. So in the meantime, in the digestion restoration course, I teach people how to supplement to support their digestion until their brain actually catches up to the body and allows the body to digest properly again. Nervous system re-regulation isn't a one to two day thing. It's, it's kind of like a whole thing. And so your gut doesn't have to suffer that entire time. You can supplement. And so we teach you how to supplement, what supplements, how to dose it, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of like a beautiful art form. It's like once you practice it, it's really easy. So kind of going back to low hydrochloric acid and the bloat and the gassiness, we understand that we get bloat and gassiness because of partially digested food that's literally rotting. And what's interesting, a really good tell that you are actually not digesting protein is your gas. Is it stinky? Because if you have stinky gas, that's rotting protein in your gut. Think of like when you leave out a steak overnight, it smells really bad. You put it in the trash and three days later you go to that trash, that whole trash is just reeking. So that's the exact same thing that's happening in your gut. That protein is really, really just stinking up and rotting so badly. So that's why you have stinky gas. But what's interesting is a lot of people are like, well, okay, stress is a part of why we have digestive dysfunction. Is it the only part? And that's, no, that's not. Because even though there's mental stress that can inhibit your body's ability to digest food, there's also physical and chemical stress, right? And that is the quality of food that we're eating, as well as the amount of chemicals and toxins that we are exposed to. So one thing that I, I have a whole class on it is that parasite class, because, you know, what's interesting is we live in a day and age where we actually don't eat for our bodies, we eat for fun, right? And I think that you can eat for nutrition and for fun. But unfortunately, that isn't the life that we have. We have a government that subsidizes sugar and processed foods, which make those way more accessible and cheaper for us to eat. And this isn't what our bodies were designed to do. I wanna go back to the microbiome. Our bodies, you have this symbiotic relationship and it's an extremely important symbiotic relationship with your body to your microbiome. Your job is to feed your microbiome healthy, healing, fibrous foods. And in return, it gives you a strong immune system, right? And so what are those foods? They're fruits, they're vegetables, they're nuts, they're legumes, right? It's highly fibrous foods, lots of nutrient density, and when you eat that, you absorb the nutrients and the fiber gets digested by your good microbiome. And in return, they eat, they proliferate, and they create anti-inflammatory substances like short-chain fatty acids that regulate your blood sugar, decrease your inflammation, help you lose weight, help heal and repair your gut. All good things, right? From eating plant-based, earth-made food. That is how we were designed. But we live in this environment. We live in this country where we have processed food and subsidized certain foods that are highly inflammatory and so bad for our bodies. That, and that disrupts that symbiotic relationship. So now we're eating processed foods, high sugar foods, genetically modified corn, genetically modified soy, stuff that our body wasn't really evolved to eat and neither was our microbiome, right? There is microbiome that will eat that, but it's not the good kind, 
right? And so again, what you feed breeds. So we're eating all of this man-made food, this inflammatory food, and we have this overabundant growth of bad bacteria. But not only that, I, I want to bring it back to parasites, because when you eat plant-based foods and you're feeding your good bacteria, not only do these plant-based foods and certain foods keep parasites at bay, but so does the, the good bacteria, right? They act like the cops and keep parasites within a certain amount of like numbers, but because of our standard American diet, there is, there's no checks and balances. There's nothing. It's just, it's a free for all for bad stuff. Right. And so we have this overgrowth of bad bacteria. We have this overgrowth of yeast, bad yeast, because there's good yeast, right? And then this overgrowth of parasites and we're not eating foods that keep them at bay. And we're not eating foods that help the good guys keep them at bay. And so we have this overabundance of these bad things, not only feeding those things, but they also eat things like chemicals and heavy metals. Like if you do a parasite cleanse, you have to make sure that you are taking binders for heavy metals like lead, because when you have this die off of parasites, they release a bunch of chemicals and a bunch of heavy metals into your system. And so you have to learn how to delicately restore balance and homeostasis because it has been disrupted from the beginning of time. And that's not our fault right? No one taught us in school that we are primarily fed inflammatory man-made foods, right? But it is our job to understand that and restore balance again. That is why we have digestive issues. That is why we have stress on the gut. Yes, there is mental stress that causes an inhibition of hydrochloric acid production, but there's chemical and physical stress as I've just been explaining for the past few minutes, right? And that we have to unburden the body and decrease the stressors from both areas, from mental stress and physical slash chemical stress in order to improve inflammation and improve function of the gut and of the intestines and of the stomach and of the pancreas, et cetera, et cetera. And so I want you to think back to your childhood and I want you to think to even your kids right now. Did they eat fruits and vegetables? Let's go to you first. Did you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables growing up? Did you eat a lot of fresh food, fresh fruits, nuts, and seeds? Was that 80% of your diet? And did you have 20% fun food where it was like maybe pastas and breads and cereals? Or was it the reverse? Did you have 80% processed fun foods, ice creams, fast food, hot dogs, chicken nuggets, fries, Wendy's on the weekend, and maybe 20% the occasional fruit here and there? So think back to your own childhood and think about the ratios of healthy healing foods that not only gave nutrients and biological currency, like a bank account, gave it that to your body, but it also fed your microbiome and allowed healthy microbiome to grow and proliferate and create anti-inflammatory molecules like short chain fatty acids that helped regulate your blood sugar and helped decrease adipose tissue production and help decrease inflammation and help heal the gut lining of your gut. How many of the healing fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes did you eat as a child growing up? Or was it mostly, you know, cereals and boxed foods and pastas and fast food on the weekends and milkshakes here and there? So what was that ratio percentage? Was it 50-50? Was it 80-20? 
Because what we really want to aim for is, I always say 80-20, but that feels almost too unattainable. So even if it was 70-30, 70% healthy healing foods and 30% fun foods, you would probably be one, maybe like 10% of children that grew up that way, right? I would say... So if you were one of those, the lucky kids, you know, 10% of the population that ate 70% healthy healing foods, 30% fun foods, then chances are any kind of gut issue, any kind of indigestion, that's going to be so fast and easy for you to heal. And your body's relatively healthy and regulates itself very well. And your hormones are healthy and happy and brain function is fine or whatever. Right. But the majority of people, the majority of us, we don't eat that way. We didn't grow up eating fresh, clean fruits and vegetables. So our body has been strained from a very young age. Our gut has been strained from a very young age and has been exposed to a harsh environment that we exposed it to. And so that is why it is so important to learn these skills. It's so important to learn this information because you don't know what you don't know and you can't see what you can't see. But if you can see the problem and you know what the solution is, when things start to go awry, you go, I know what this is and I can fix it right? Oh, I know why I'm having heartburn because it's either stress or it's food. It's either stress or it's environment, right? And so then you can take the steps necessary for the next few months to rectify it and go back to your happy, healthy life, right? Same thing with your kids. If your kids are having gut or stomach issues, if they're having immune issues where they're chronically sick all the time, or they're having eczema and psoriasis. And you're like, I know this. I know what the steps are to rectify this. Right. And so you feel empowered in your life and in your healing journey and, and not so scared. Right. Because I think the best gift we can give to ourselves and our children and our families is the gift of health. Right. And the gift of having empowerment over this, this meat suit that our souls have to sit in for the rest of our lives. And it can be a very uncomfortable ride if this meat suit is not functioning properly. Right. And most dis-ease and dysfunction begins in the gut. And so why not become an expert. And and here's the thing, the information isn't hard. It's not hard to learn and it's not hard to understand. And the steps are fairly easy, right? You it's just, kind of like seeing your, your whole gut as like a, a different roadmap and you kind of totally. go through like, Hey, how's the digestion in my stomach? And I love how you break that down where you're like, okay, if you're having these kinds of signs, like it might be in your stomach. It might be your gallbladder. It could be more pancreas, could be mm-hmm. more intestines. And you can get these like signs and clues. And then you're like, oh, you know what? And what I love is when sometimes people will ask, you know, a gut issue question. And then you're like, what do you think it is? And they're like, um, well, since I did your gut course, I think it's my pancreas. Yeah. Cause I think I'm not adjusting because of this. Cause maybe my stress hormones and you're like, mm-hmm. great, you're totally on track. Right. Yes. And so it's cool that like, it's not while the science that we talk about is really complicated with the immune system and this whole cascade of immune response. Like it sounds like, Oh my God, there's so much science and there is a lot of science, but making these tweaks is just like, okay, what part of my digestion needs to be supported? Mm-hmm. And then looking at that, at each individual piece and how it all fits together. And then it's actually really easy. You're just making these little lifestyle tweaks. 
Exactly. It's it, that's exactly it. It's just these little lifestyle tweaks and recognizing like and also knowing that there is a realistic timeline. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not going to sure. be a, a lot of people like I've been doing this for a week. Why isn't anything changing? It's like, well, it's been months to years for this inflammatory snowball effect to happen in your body. You got to give it some time and you got to like just allow your body to fix itself from a cellular level. I love saying this. If you want to fix your hormones, you have to fix your gut. If you want to fix your autoimmune disease, you have to fix your gut. If you want to fix your skin issues, your acne issues, you have to fix your gut. If you want to fix your, your aches and your pains, you have to fix your gut. If you want better hair, skin and nails, you have to fix your gut. Like it is literally, it's the bank account. It's where you get paid, right? It's where you get paid to in that part of your body to fix the rest of your body. So you guys, I hope you learned something new today. I hope you feel like you became a little bit of a gut expert and you start, you began to learn the beginning stages of gut dysfunction and how going back to that analogy of, let's say your paycheck is $5,000 a month, but you're only getting paid 2,500. You're getting paid 50% of that. How that over time is going to lead to very serious things like IBS, IBD, all kinds of digestive issues that are fairly serious. And it didn't take you just a month to get there. It took a very, very long time for you to get there. I hope that you feel like there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that there are answers and that you absolutely can do this. You can heal your gut. You can fix it. There are so many great, amazing tools out there. And I can't wait to teach you all the tools and the tricks to help heal your gut because they're really cool. And the stories that people, when they do these certain gut cleanses or restorations, it changes their lives. So just know that there's hope. You know, if you have fairly severe gut issues, you can't rely on your doctor to fix it for you. It's way too complex. I mean, this is an hour podcast of me just explaining the the beginning stages of disease in your gut, right? Your doctor can't explain that to you. He only has 12 minutes with you. Um, and he probably doesn't care that much, you know, like he probably, he, he's overburdened and overwhelmed in the medical system. And so, so it is our responsibility to become our best healers and self-advocates and learn these things for ourselves so that we can take the beginning steps towards healing. So you guys, if you loved this episode, if you love any of our episodes, please leave us a review, a comment that helps us know how we're doing, but you also enter in for a free hair analysis. So we pick a winner every two weeks. And so if you want to win a free hair analysis, it doesn't include the consult, just the hair analysis, leave us a review. We love to hear from you. And really like, I love hearing from you guys. I love reading them. They're really moving. Like me and my team will read them and be like, just like, oh, and sometimes cry. And like, it, it really, it means so much to us because sometimes we feel like we're just talking into the wind. So talk back at us. <laughs> okay. Gina, any last parting words of advice before we wrap this puppy up? No, do you want to um, just recap on any details for your course? Oh yeah. Um, where to find it. So, oh, where to find it. So you can find it in the, the show notes, but it's mygutsyhealth.com forward slash digestion course. And if you use the discount code gutsy podcast, you can get 50% off. So again, if you go to mygutsyhealth.com forward slash digestion course and use the discount code gutsy podcast, you can get $50 off bringing that course down to 
$247. And so it's six classes for a taught live and you get a bunch of resources, tests, meal plans, uh, meal prep protocols to really help guide you and give you tools on how to heal your gut. So, all right, you guys, we'll catch you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast. 